0: So tonight we'll be going through Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Go ahead and turn there. I'm going to go ahead and read the passage, starting in verse 1 of chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of those swirled, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's go ahead and pray. My God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for your pre- the preaching of your word tonight, Lord, that um, I would be able to preach it faithfully, Lord, pray that... Um, I preach from your word and that you would be speaking through me, Lord, that I would not add anything to it, Lord. Um pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So Paul here is talking about how salvation works. We, we began in our trespasses and sins, and then God saved us out of it. And then he begins to talk about um, who deserves the credit for our salvation and how we come to be saved. Um, So in verse 8, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So first we have to go ahead and define some of these terms first. First one is grace. What does Paul mean by grace, and what does it mean to receive it through faith? Um, And this might seem kind of basic, but um, we know that grace is undeserved kindness from God. Specifically, the forgiveness of our sins and adoption as sons. So it is God's undeserved kindness towards us. And then we receive it through faith. So then you have to ask, then, what is faith? Um, The classic chapter on faith, of course, is Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, which is about as close to a dictionary definition as you can get. It's like I'm at a high school graduation or something. But then later on, so you might ask, what are these things you are convicted of? And later on in Hebrews 11, he says, to believe that he, God, exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so then you might ask, how do you seek him? And the answer is by believing in the gospel. And so you can read this as, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, that God exists, that he rewards those who believe in the gospel. And so I know what some of you are thinking. But Nathan, what about baptism? I don't think any of you were actually thinking that. (laughs) But there are people who do believe that, and they're called the Roman Catholics. Um, How did they get that? They drew it out of a hat, I guess. I don't know. But the Council of Trent says the instrumental cause of justification is the sacrament of baptism, which is the sacrament of faith, without which no man was ever justified finally. And I think they are actually talking about this passage when they say that. Um, So they would read, for by grace you have been saved through faith. They would read that as, for by grace you have been saved through baptism. Um, And I probably don't have to tell you why that's wrong. I think you could take 100 people who only know Scripture front to back and ask them what this means, and none of them would say it means baptism. Yet they have somehow landed on that conclusion. And so next, next point. Paul says, through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So what is the gift of God? Is it grace, faith, or both? Well, obviously, we already defined grace, Grace, as I said earlier, is the undeserved kindness from God. So it is obviously a gift from God, but so the question is, is faith a gift from God? And I would say yes. If you look at the Greek, it is not clear which one it's talking about actually. It could be referring to grace, faith, or both, but the fact that it's not specifically referring to grace I think would imply that it's referring to the entire phrase, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So faith is a gift from God. Um, so we can go ahead and turn to John 6. For, I have a Bible here for more evidence of this. So this is supported in other parts of Scripture. So John 6, we're going to be look, starting in verse 44, and then we'll be reading 65 after that. So John six forty-four. says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day so no one comes to christ except if god the father draws him and then actually you go to verse 65 jesus actually rephrases what he just said there he says and he said this is why i told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the father so faith in jesus is granted to us by god the father And then we can also look to Philippians 1.29. I'll just read it out. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. So belief in Christ is granted to us. So why is this important for understanding these verses in Ephesians? Well, part of that is the next section. That would give us room for boasting, which we'll talk about in more detail. Um, But this would also imply that we have some kind of goodness in us apart from God. And why is it important that we not have goodness in us apart from God? Because so that God gets all of the glory. And this is also made clear in other parts of Scripture. Of course, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, Romans 5.12 says, Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And then 19 says, By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So that makes it clear that we are all sinners. But how bad of sinners are we? Well, And what is our heart condition? Well, Jeremiah 17, 9 makes that clear. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So for us to be able to put our faith in God would be to contradict these verses and imply that we are not totally depraved um, before we are saved. And so we just hinted at this next section. It's He says, um, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So the entire purpose of this passage is that God organized salvation in a way. He caused it to happen so that he gets all of the glory and so that we cannot boast. And that's the main point that Paul is talking about here. So no work of ours contributed to our salvation, which we've established. Even the faith we placed in Christ was a gift from God. And we know this is a central point also because of the context that the verse is in. So you look at verse 7, it says, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So that salvation is so that he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. So it's for God's glory. And then if you look later on, verse 13, which is after this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So that it Shows once again that this is not by our own doing it is um in Christ Jesus and by his blood so um to emphasize this point even further, we can go ahead we can turn to first corinthians one we read this passage earlier It'll be twenty six through thirty one 1 Corinthians 1, 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So here Paul doesn't just say we shouldn't boast in our works, which we have none that contributed to salvation. He says we should boast in the Lord, the one who caused our salvation, And so you might be asking, this is a whole lot of proof for no works contributing to our salvation. Obviously, we know who believes in works contributing to our salvation, the Roman Catholics do. So how do they get around these verses? The Roman Catholics would say that these verses are talking only about justification. And to the Roman Catholic, justification is defined a little bit differently than how we do. They would say that justification is the removal of sins and also includes sanctification. So it continues throughout our lives. So they would say, that is all God's work. That is not a result of us. But the good works themselves are us doing them. And we have the free will at first to accept or deny salvation. And so from the Council of Trent, this is the uh, council that was held in direct response to the Protestant Reformation, but they said, For faith, unless hope and charity, that being good works, be added to it, neither unites man perfectly with Christ nor makes him a living member of his body. For which reason it is truly said that faith without works is dead and of no profit, quoting James. Um, And we've already proven that this is false. This passage is clearly talking about entirety of salvation not just justification so that you can conveniently tack on good works so that it contributes to salvation we know that if works contributed to any part of our salvation that we would have reason to boast so that you our next major point here is then what is the place of works in christian life that's verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I guess Paul knew we would be asking this question because he went ahead and conveniently answered it for us. So we are created in Christ for good works. So that means that works are the result of our salvation, and you could even argue the reason for our salvation, certainly not the cause of it. And then where do the good works come from? Just like grace and faith, good works are a gift of God. So God has made us capable of doing the good works. So Philippians two twelve and 13, I'll just read it. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So verse 13 is obviously what we're looking mostly to there. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God causes us to will. We want to do good works. And he also causes us to do the good works. Then it also says that God prepared the good works ahead of time for us. Um, This has reminded me of Romans 9 where it says we are prepared beforehand as vessels of mercy but in this case we are prepared beforehand to do good works how comforting is that that God has not only saved us but he has made us not useless Christians he has made us people who will live like Christians and who will live for him and do good works to summarize all that and to wrap up Faith and grace are gifts from God. They are not from us. God designed this so that he gets all glory, so we cannot boast, but have no choice but to praise him for the entire process. Even the good works we do were prepared beforehand by God. So, what are some points of application for this? Well, first and most importantly, you should examine yourself. Are there subtle ways you boast of your salvation or works? Or, and do we fail to give God glory for our actions? Oftentimes you can tell your heart by what you're talking about. And so do we, with, out loud and with our voices, give God glory for good things we do and good things that happen to us and for salvation as a whole? Second point, um, knowledge protects us from falling into incorrect theology or even heresy. Um, or even calling someone brother who is not. So those who uh, deny faith, well, grace through faith and not of works, is preaching a false gospel. And we should call them to faith in Christ Jesus and not relying on works or at sacraments for salvation. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for salvation, Lord. It is completely from you and not from us, Lord, and we praise you for that, Lord. We know that you did not choose us because we are great, but you chose us out of your own kindness, Lord, and you even sacrificed your son for us, Lord. Um, pray all these things in Christ's name, Amen.